Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Welcome back, Witchers. This is The Witcher Lorecast, and this is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I am here, as usual, with my good buddy, Toasty McToasterface. How was that one? Someone new? I feel like you've. I feel like it's a reusage. Miss McToasterface. I, I don't think I've, I I've included your face on any of these. Uh, okay. Right. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, how you doing, buddy? You know, I, I've been watching a lot of Witcher. Yeah, man. I, I watched. I recapped on these two episodes, and I've. Uh, I'm not a big go back and watch a thing kind of guy. I'm a big like pay lots of attention the first time kind of guy and just soak it all in. You know, I'm the kind of person who tries to catch all the details on the first viewing, unless it's like a really super dense movie, and then I feel like it's worth watching a second time or or show. Uh, but I enjoyed I enjoyed going back and watching these episodes. And that's what this episode is about, by the way. We're getting ready for season two of the Witcher series on Netflix. So in the upcoming episodes until then, we will be recapping all of the season one episodes. And so for this episode right now, we are recapping episodes one and two. And we're going to squeeze them in as best as we can because we're running out of time because season two is coming it's coming in fast and hot i think it's five weeks five weeks five weeks. five weeks so that's what we got here and man it was it was good going down memory lane what'd you think toasty i think i caught some details that i hadn't caught before yeah you know like most of it episodes. most of it i remembered but there were definitely things that i uh in retrospect saw differently and having since now done this podcast for a while and being a little bit more immersed in the world kind of viewed differently i think kind of i, I don't know saw from a different angle okay which okay. I, I think is interesting you know it's it's always good to be a little bit more educated and go back and rewatch or reread something because you always do kind of see things from a different angle so tell you what well let's just dive in we're starting with episode one, the end's beginning. It's beginning. The it's end's cool. beginning. Cool name. Yeah. So how does this start? <laughs> so we, we start in a nice little uh, kind of atmospheric environment. Uh, this gray, dark swamp, you know, very absent of color. And it's just a deer trying to get a drink from yeah. the water. Of course, nothing um, terrible is going to happen. Nothing terrible is going to happen. Um, I wouldn't recommend for that deer to drink from that water, you know, uh, because in the next few seconds we get an eruption of monster and uh, witcher. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Say <laughs> Kikimura erupts out of the water with uh, Geralt fighting. So we get, we see a cool little action sequence there with, you know, Geralt fighting, Kikimura trying to drown him, mm. you know, and, and Geralt, slays the kikimura with a with a nice little close-up on his face we get to see the first effect of like how you know the wcu does their witcher potion effects with the black eyes and the yeah. like black veins kind of coming around them yeah wc D, wc wc dub meaning the witcher cinematic universe wcu Dub CU, I guess we just say Dub CU, the Dub CU, meaning Witcher CU, Cinematic Universe, yeah. And mm -hmm. this is a, a wonderful synoptic, synoptic, synopsisic scene, uh, synoptical scene. There's not a word for that, is there? Uh, 
This scene is a synopsis uh, that really shows us, one, the potent power of a witcher being able to take on a monster like this. Two, the fact that the witcher uses potions and other means to buff themselves and make them more powerful. Three, the fact that they aren't just fierce monsters and killers, because you can see that he does have some compassion for the deer when he looks at the deer at the end and says, ah, not your day, huh? And then decides to kill the deer, put it out of its misery, and then use the deer and eat it. He, he doesn't mm -hmm. let the deer's body go to waste. Like any, any good hunter, he, he eats the deer and it respectfully consumes the body of the deer and uses the deer for, for sustenance. He doesn't just, you know, throw out the deer's corpse or something like that. Right. So, right. so it gives us an insight into the character and the nature of who a witcher is right there in the beginning opening scene, very concisely. And I, I think that's a really cool way they did it. So after that, we get, a uh, we get Geralt walking into like a tavern bar, you know, whatever word you would like to use. Uh, and we, we get uh, kind of the first look at how people treat witchers in in the Witcher universe, because um, he's just asking for directions to the alderman's house so that he can try and claim the reward on the Kikimora. Um, and the bartender, there, there's like a young uh, female bartender who's you know trying to give out the answer, and then the you know the older head bartender comes over and snaps at her and says, you know, we don't want your kind here, Witcher. You need to get out mm -hmm. and it's like and he's just trying to get directions right to where to go and once he does he'll be out of their hair and then we get a we get an, a little gang of thugs in the background getting up telling him he needs to leave as well so you know he's people don't like witchers he, he all he's trying to do is get you know get some directions and they're treating him like crap. Yeah. Uh, and, and you can tell the whole, his whole mood that whole time when walking through is very guarded. He's very careful around other people. Uh, he's very careful to only go up and talk to the bartender to, to go and ask exactly for what he needs. He avoids eye contact with other people and, and he's just, he's just there to do his business and get out. He knows that he's not going to get a positive reception. And of course that's what he does. That he doesn't get it. Right. Right. But, uh, you know, there's that tension there. It looks like some, some guys are trying to start some trouble. They're trying to fight Geralt. And until, uh, you know, this young lady at the end of the bar, just trying to enjoy her breakfast. She tells, she basically tells the guys who we find out are her men, um, to cut their shit <laughs> right. and leave them alone. Right. And, uh, then starts bossing around the bartender of like, you know, I want to order two beers and I expect you to serve me knowing full well that like one of those beers is for Geralt. So mm -hmm. she's actually being nice and, and kind to him, which is a really rare instance for, for witchers. So, yeah. Yeah. So he of course takes the beer. There's like you have, have here in the note, there's some sexual tension there. She's uh, clearly in control of the situation because she seems to have the coin to be in control of the situation and the respect of some of these thugs. And the situation moves on. Right. And then we have Geralt, uh, who gets the information he needs and he's moving on and runs into, well, I, I, this little, this young girl comes into the bar, right? He comes into the bar and erupts the sexual tension. Right. Um, and says, and, and Hey, you've got this monster on your thing. My, my, I know somebody who 
could my, my dad's the alderman that's that's, that's, that's what yeah. she says yeah she's right. the daughter of the alderman um so you know she leads him out this is walking she tells him you know we're like we don't the the con the bounty was on a gravier not uh a kikimora kikimoras mm-hmm. are good for population control so like my dad's not gonna pay you right for right. the kikimora but the the wizard in town um he might be interested in paying because wizards use uh you know monsters for different kinds of things like parts of stuff for potions and concoctions and study and all sorts of things and if we go through all the details at this level we're going to be here for three hours so that is true true. (laughs) so so uh so the connection is with um marilka is the girl's name and she's girl's name very chatty she seems to be very interested in him never paid attention to her 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 what she's saying really though she's got a very thick accent yeah, I didn't really catch what she's saying. She's talking about how she's yeah. She like murdered the family dog. Yes, she killed the dog. She wants to leave town. She like yeah. yeah. It's like this. This is a sadistic little girl. What the yes. hell is wrong with you? Yeah. My name's like Milk. Yeah, she's like yeah. She's she's <laughs> she yapping his ear off. Shut up, Geralt's right. just going through it. Just like okay, he's just like oh my god, yeah, just, take, just take me to the yeah. freaking place I need to go. Okay, so, thank you. Yeah. So he finally, you know, he finally responds with my name. His, you know, my name's Geralt. They get to the wizard tower, uh, fancy door. It's not actually a door. He just kind of like walks in through the door, doesn't right. even open it. So the big um, important thing here is that there is a wizard who lives here, but it's not the wizard who the tower is named after. It's this hmm. guy, Stregobor, who Stregobor. is very important to the series. Very powerful wizard, very influential wizard. And he's hiding out in this tower. Uh, among uh, a illusion that of all these naked women <laughs> with this garden, with this garden stuff. Right. And, and even and, says, uh, you know, it's just to make the time pass easier or something. Right. Which, like, well, of course it is. Yeah. Obviously what? the time is going to pass easier if you're surrounding yourself by beautiful, attractive, naked people. Right. So, um, but Geralt, of course, ferrets out the truth because Geralt's no dummy. He's very, he's very smart and he, he sees through people pretty well and stregobor wants Geralt to kill renfrey right and the, so okay well, the, the individual the young lady that we met at the bar right and the <laughs> the trick here is that stregobor is trying to convince Geralt that the, the the crux of the whole thing is that there was a um what's a curse it was an eclipse it was an eclipse and there was a curse and a uh uh, non that were born rhyming. during the eclipse. It was yeah, a, it wasn't. It didn't rhyme, so it, it was really bad. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Obviously, and, it's not and, true. But right, and Stregobor, among others, basically hunted down all of these girls, killed them, and then studied their remains to find out that they were mutated. And um, Renfrey was the one that got away. And, and it turns she's out the, re- the remaining one, and she wants to kill him because right. because he did t- horrible things. He did horrible things. He tried to kill her. Right. She wants revenge. Right. Um, right. So so it's a chicken and an egg thing. Is she terrible because he did horrible things or is she terrible because she's was born under this black sun and she's just she was just born terrible. Like, which one is it? And Geralt says, well, I'm not going to I'm just not going to do evil things when I have to choose between the lesser of two evils. I'm just not going to choose. That's that's mm-hmm. my choice. It's a very big, very big part there with with choosing the lesser evil Geralt believes that it doesn't matter what level of evil it is it's evil right i don't right. i don't want to pick between either right and that so, is and that is a big thing for the whole series right, right. so 
Um, and then we transfer to a different scene entirely uh, with a banquet in this grand hall right. uh, with Queen Calanthe, Princess Cirilla, and then Queen Calanthe's husband. Right. Uh, they're having a party. They're talking about wartime with Nilfgaard and talking about how basically Nilfgaard's not going to come this way. It's does it's not strategic to come you know, here they're going to mm-hmm. go somewhere else. Right. And, and the whole, the whole thing with Siri here is that we get, uh, uh, we get to see her being a kid playing with some other kids, but then getting pulled back into her life as a princess, basically she's got duties. She's got in know, her duties. That she has to hold. Right. And then you get, you get to see like the interplay between her wanting to be something that she's not and yet having to go through the duties. And then you get to see that, Oh no, the kingdom's actually in danger. And then it kind of moves on from there. And we get a sense of like how powerful her grandmother is and who these other characters are. And that's kind of the the gist of that scene, right? That's pretty much what we get out of Calanthe telling Siri, you know, not to worry about these things because she's young. And Siri's like, but you were fighting battles at my age. You won your first battle when you were my age. Right. Which ties into the next scene as mm-hmm. we cut back to Geralt uh, looking for herbs and Rinfree uh comes looking for him and they have a conversation about you know Renfrey's story she was the man that was supposed to kill her just raped her and left her in the woods it's terrible things uh, so therefore thing. it's justified that she was angry and and sought out her killers for revenge mm-hmm. right wouldn't and, you be angry too and she's telling Geralt you know I'm gonna get my revenge unless you want to kill him for me in which mm-hmm. case you can do the lesser evil <laughs> right. which comes back and he's just like this this bs again <laughs> right and nope. he and he gives her basically an ultimatum he says listen you can leave now let it be because revenge isn't going to make anything better mm-hmm. let it go move on with the rest of your life and live a good life and do the best you can or and- you cannot leave like and yeah. just go through with it and you're probably going to regret it is basically and the pretty much and we find out here in the scene that this is happening this timeline with Geralt and Renfrey is happening during Calanthe's childhood because they mm-hmm. talk about how she just won her first battle at you know whatever location so and they have a talk Geralt does one of his one big principles of you know I don't want to be what people think I am so I'm not going to do these horrible things because if I did, I would be the evil creature that people say I am, which Gerald has a lot of principles. It's a a tie into his character as well. Right. And and, and again, sets the scene for like, I will not be the monster they think I am, which Mm -hmm. is a core to the series. Yep. So then we cut back to Sintra, uh, two armies on either edge of a giant open field battlefield, Nilfgaard and Sintra. And we see this big old battle happening. Uh, we witness the death of Calanthe's husband, Ice Tirsa. He gets shot um, right in the eye with an arrow. Yeah, and it's 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 not looking good. Nilfgaard looks like they're winning this fight, putting them on the putting Sintra on the retreat. Um, and we cut to Siri, who's waiting in the castle very impatiently, mm-hmm. uh, and she gets told the story from Malsek, the druid, about the girls that were born during the eclipse, the curse of the black sun and how they were locked in towers and studied and analyzed and killed. Um, basically trying to, you know, 
I guess I'm not entirely sure what the lesson in part here was uh-huh. <laughs> like uh, maybe something to just catch your time or, you know, uh, a scare or something a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we see Siri walking the halls still impatiently. Um, and this is a detail that I wanted to point out because I didn't notice this ever before. There's a lady in a room and she's praying mm-hmm. to something and I never thought about it. And I think she might be praying to the eternal fire, which is the main religion in the Witcher series. If you played the games, you know, all about, you know, the, the church of the eternal fire. And she's just like praying to like some candles on a, on a candelabra or whatever. So I think she might've been praying to the eternal fire. Yeah. And that was yeah. something I noticed that I hadn't before. Yeah. And all of these uh, guests that were invited to the party are now locked into the tower because they know that the town is under siege and that they're mm-hmm. all going to be in danger. Yeah. So Siri keeps walking past doors. People are like bowing to her and she finally sees uh, her grandmother. Calanthe uh, is not looking too hot. <laughs> right now. Pause Pause real quick, because there's one thing I really wanted to note about Siri's character in this. As she walks down the hallway, she the actress does a really good job of her her physical mood is very aloof it's not not aloof it's very aggressive she doesn't walk like a princess down a hallway she walks like she's like an angsty teenager it's like a bored kid like she's like kicking her feet a little bit and everything she's kind of like swinging her arms she's walking like she's just like she doesn't care about appearances, I think. Right. And, and, and right. it's contrasted by her walking down the hall at every door she passes with guests. They're literally turning, looking at her and yes. bowing and saying, you know, how are you, princess? Right. And, and then she has to like, then she kind of straightens up a little bit and looks at them and kind of bows and does her courtly manner. And then once she leaves, she's kind of like she goes back into teenager mode. You know, she seems she <laughs> definitely seems more comfortable being like not being a princess, just right. being a regular kid. Right. So, yeah. So then she finds uh, her grandmother and some of the guards in a room. Uh, she's been like grievously injured, like stabbed in the stomach or something. Um, and it looks like she's not doing too well. And we get a little scene where they're just kind of crying together. Uh, and Mausak, we, we see outside Nilfgaard has made it to the city. They are setting it on fire. They're attacking people, killing people in the streets. And Malsek uh, creates this barrier mm-hmm. around the castle of of just like energy. Uh, and Nilfgaard can't get through it. They just bounce off. Yeah, it's a big Ugh. shield, and, and and that's pretty. It's pretty badass, you know. Yeah, having, Mal- having yeah. a court wizard is pretty freaking cool. And but he goes. He basically answers the question that Siri asks, you know, how long will that hold? And he says, as long as I will hold princess. And so that means uh, not forever. <laughs> like, although I will say he, it's a pretty long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, then he we, does his best. Get, we get back to the, the quiet forest. Geralt is telling the story of encountering his first monster uh-huh. to Roach. Um, about a classic how- story. Classic story. You've probably heard it here before, but I'm going to tell you again um, about how when he first left Caramoran, he came across some thugs uh, are this big, bald, ugly man trying to rape a girl. Mm -hmm. um, And he slew the guy uh, and he expected the girl to be thankful 
but she looked at him, screamed, vomited, and passed out from fear of Geralt. Right. Because, because he was covered in blood and parts from slaying the dude. Because of how violently he slayed the guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it just and, freaked her out. And so he talks about, he tells Roach, you know, Witcher, Vesemir would tell me, you know, Witchers aren't white knights. You yeah. shouldn't expect gratitude. We're just paid to kill monsters. And I love the scene because it's another insight into his character. Not only the story that he's telling, but the fact that he's like talking to his horse. Yeah, it's very, he, he doesn't have a lot of friends. So he right. talks to his horse. Right. That, like he and Roach are buddies. Like he and Roach are just like hanging out by the stream. And he's like feeding his horse, brushing his horse, like taking good care of his buddy Roach. And they're just talking because, he, you know, they're alone out in the woods. But of course, they're not alone because Brenfrey's creeping up, listening he's to the creeping conversation up behind a tree. Right. And she even calls out like, who are you even talking to? So it shows right. that. Uh, it's not exactly common practice to talk to your horse, but you know, yeah. Geralt, he doesn't have a lot of friends. He's got to do yeah. what he's got to do. You would talk. I mean, I talk to my dogs. Like you talk to your animals. Like yeah. you would talk to yeah. Roach. Like, if you had, if you had a freaking Roach as your horse, you would talk to him. Come on. Hmm. Yeah. So Rinfrey, she comes up uh, and she tells Geralt, you know, I'm going to do what you say. You said I should do, and I'm going to leave in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she starts telling the story about how her mom used to comb her hair right. and is making it as kind of a pass to, you know, grab or touch Geralt's leg. Right. Um, and, and of course, we know that Geralt, Geralt, Geralt likes the ladies. And he Geralt, saw that yeah. as a clear sign of like, hey, baby. And so, of course, Geralt went in for it. And yeah, so so they smash. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. And then it goes back to Nilfgaard. Um, the Nilfgaardians had broken into the castle and are just brutally slaughtering people. We see a lot of really violent deaths. Um, yeah. And Kalanthi tells her, 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 her guards, you know, you got to get Siri out of here. Like, I'm not going to make it, but mm-hmm. she's important. She's the lion cub of Sintra. She's got to go. And, and Siri is not happy about this at all. No. And we learn something about Nilfgaard in, in this, too, in that they don't take prisoners. We learn that they are very violent. They murder and kill everyone. They do not take prisoners. And we get a sense of like the kind of con conquestors that they are. That's, that's the right word. Yeah. I went almost said conquistadors, but that's not a th- that's, that's different. That's a very right different word. thing. Um, <laughs> that's a very different thing. So <laughs> and, and it's at this moment in her in her clear outrage and anger and upsetness that we see Siri do something a little strange. She mm-hmm. kind of lets out this scream. They put a little bit of an audio effect on it, so it kind of reverberates, and this glass on the table moves mm-hmm. and kind of shakes. Mm-hmm. And everyone looks at it. They're like, right. Okay, and, es- and especially her grandmother and Musak kind of eye each other in this knowing way that like the two of them have discussed this before. And this is it, the sense is that this is confirmation that the thing they thought might be true is true. Yep. And then we get, we get one of those big lines in the whole show. Geralt of find Geralt of Rivia. Mm-hmm. He is your destiny. Right. And so from this point on, they usher her out of the out of the keep. Um, they get her out of the place. Uh, the uh, everything else gets everybody else gets murdered or uh-huh. they, they take the poison and they, they kill themselves because yeah. they know what's going to happen to them if the soldiers 
capture them or and i think this is for them. another reason too i think calanthe did it specifically like obviously they had the plan in place because mm-hmm. it was very easy to like convince people but also i think the fact of like you know you need to do this so that Nilfgaard can't get any answers out of you yes. because if they're, they're slaughtering everyone in the streets which is you know nobody in the streets is going to know too much about the princess cirilla right but the people right. in the castle would so they're right. like okay we don't want anybody to know anything about her so they're running off calanthe jumps out of a window mm-hmm. commits suicide um and series racing down Malsac stays back to try and you know guard them they're racing down the thing and then we see our first look at kair Mm-hmm. Uh, up close, the the Nilfgaardian knight with the raven feathers, feather plume guy. Yeah, and he puts an arrow right he, right into the dude, the knight's throat, who's trying to protect Siri, right. and they fall off the horse. Dude is like a master bowman. So then we get back to Geralt. He's having kind of a dream, kind of not. Uh, mm-hmm. It shows Renfri kind of giving this prophecy about the girl in the woods you can't escape her uh and he like freaks out wakes up and he realizes that she's gone but she definitely didn't leave town she's gonna do something bad right uh, and he goes oh basically swears and heads to town he, he he knows he's like oh she's gonna oh and then he ends up in a situation where he has to make a hard choice basically kill all her men basically uh, we see the coolest fight scene uh, he's one like one of the coolest fights yeah, scenes and, and ever seen. i'm sure he's thinking like i have to stop her and of course he ends up cornered with all these guys and he knows he can't get out of that situation and he's like where's renfrey and they're like all right with you you got you you know blah 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 you gotta and pick the lesser you gotta evil. pick the lesser evil with you uh, and then so. and then of course little do they know that they're they're just like gonna get it and of course they get it real it's real just, good the first time we're ever going to see the theme in the entire like in in witcher where everyone seems to think that they can just take a witcher easily and yeah. it's like you're stupid you're gonna die these are idiots so, these, this, <laughs> so dumb. yeah but yeah so he cuts through all these guys easily i might add we see we see a little bit of sign usage uh-huh. uh first sign usage and he cuts down all of them easily and then he has to face renfrey uh-huh. um and, and renfrey gives him the, a run for his money yeah, she is a really talented swordswoman, and yeah, she she does a lot. She gets some hits on him. And um, it's confirmed that she's a mutant. One, his magic doesn't work on her. Two, yes. she keeps up with him in a duel, which yeah. means that not only is she a talented swords person, but she must be moving faster than most humans. Yeah, so, you know, they fight it out. Geralt wins still um, and is forced to kill her. Uh, which he's very upset about. Um, then we get back to Siri, who's uh, being brushed out of there on horseback mm-hmm. on the back of a horse. She wakes up and she does her scream thing again. Except this time it's a lot more impactful. Um, it, it basically shatters Kair's eardrums. He's freaking out. The horse is freaking out. She runs away and then she does it again and causes this watchtower or rocky spire or something mm-hmm. to completely break off, collapse, fall to the ground, and then create this massive crevice. Yeah. The earth just kind of splits. And, 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 and then open. she runs off into the woods. Yep. Um, and then the last part of the episode we come back to Geralt Stregobor's trying to pull Renfri's body back to his tower so that he can autopsy her and Geralt puts a sword to his throat and says 
do not touch her. And Stregobor manages to basically sway the crowd against him, convince right. him that he's, you know, that they, he is what people say he is. And they start throwing rocks at him, which of um, course is, it hits him right where he hates the most yeah. because and, he's, he's trying, he, he didn't want to have to kill her. He didn't want to have to fight those people. He was just trying to stop her from doing something bad. And here is Stregobor turning it into the opposite thing. He just yeah. saved Stregobor's life and Stregobor is now turning the crowd against him. Yeah. And, and so he, yeah. he kneels down, he pulls off the brooch. And then the real hard part is that Marilka, he's he, yeah, saved he, her life, he saved her life directly. And she tells him, leave Blaviken, never come back. Mm-hmm. And you can see the, the, the hurt on his face really kills you in that moment. Cause yeah. it's like, it, he expects people to think he's evil, but whenever like, with her because they were friends kind of yeah like she was excited to meet him yeah and, and he, then, he saved her life uh she was gonna be killed just, and it, it's just painful so he leaves renfrey's brooch in hand um and that's the story of how Geralt became the butcher of blaviken one one of many names that he has I, um, I think it was a great first episode i think that it it summed up so many things very concisely and gave us a, a, a lot a of lot. insight into into who Geralt is um gave us it, it, all of the characters are tragic in some way except for um except for a uh, uh creepy wizard guy um uh stregobor? stregobor stregobor i think we get a sense of like no he's he there's more going on with him than we know Sorry, I've got dogs barking in the background because my wife just got home. Um, but like, we, like even like Renfrey is tragic. Like she didn't ask to be hunted down. She didn't ask to be born under. Uh, and, and she doesn't feel different. That's one of the things she says is that she's she she you know she does everything like a human. Like she doesn't feel like she's not human because she does everything the same. But she's treated as if she's a monster. Right. Yeah. Everybody's tragic. You know, Nilfgaard mm-hmm. is attacking these people and they're not trying, they, they weren't doing anything wrong and they all get murdered for it. Mm-hmm. It's oh. just, it's a tragic episode and it just shows you how dark the world is. And even when everybody's just, just trying to go about their lives, trying to do normal or good things in some cases where, where Geralt is actually just trying to do, he's trying to like, he, he's just talking to Roach, you know, and talking about how Vesemir tells him not to be a white knight. And then in the next scene, he wakes up and rushes off to try to stop her from doing something bad, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> which, which is by the way, they don't do it as great in the episode as they do in the book, but basically it's Renfrey's like going to kill every person, like one person at a time in the town until Stregobor comes out. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was her goal just to murder the entire town right and she could have yeah and she would have if Geralt hadn't done anything Stregobor would have never come out of his tower he doesn't care he doesn't, he doesn't care. care about the people he's an asshole so yeah yeah so great episode um we'd love to hear your thoughts on this of course you can log into the robots radio discord and let us know on the witcher lorecast channel or, you know, just send us your thoughts on, on Twitter. Um, we're going to take a break here in the middle to thank our patrons. And we'll be back for the second half where we're going to talk about episode two. So stay tuned. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. All right. This is the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons, all nine of our patrons. We have nine patrons now. And thank you to all of you guys, because you help 
keep this show going. You help me and Toasty do this every week. Um, we have four lessons currently, which is super awesome. So thank you to all of you guys and everyone from our ghouls all the way up to our lessons. You guys are amazing. Thank you so very much. And if this show has helped you get through your work day, your commute to work, your workout, or, or washing your horse or washing and talk talking to, them. to your horse. If that's something that you do while listening to podcasts, then please go check out patreon.com slash Witcher Lorecast and see if there's anything there that you would like to get as a reward or a tier that you'd like to support. We'd love to have your support and we'd love to give you stuff as well, including ad free episodes and you know, extra bonus content that shows up on episodes when Toasty and I hang out before or after the episode talking, joking around or answering questions that show up in the live chat. And, you know, just go check it out because there's all sorts of good stuff over there. And um, Toasty, I've been thinking about this is something I've added to the other Lorecast shows that I do. But <gasps> we're going to talk about T-shirts I'm thinking about maybe adding some T-shirts. I need to come up with some cool designs, though. This takes a little while. This takes a little while, but it would be really cool to add T-shirts to the tier four I, and higher I tiers. I think my first idea is, you know mm -hmm. how each school has their own like Witcher medallion. That's yeah. like cool. I, I, if we could find someone or something to do a really sick, like design of like a school of robots, <laughs> like Witcher medallion and put it on a t-shirt. Uh -huh. I think that'd be really cool. The school of robots. Be really well, cool. here's what I want to do because the way, the way this works on Patreon is that you set up a, basically it's a, uh, a reward you get for sticking around and being at a certain tier for, uh, a length of time. So for example, somebody who signs up as a tier four and sticks around for three months would get a t-shirt three more months. You get another t-shirt three more months. You get another t-shirt. So you would have a series of say four t-shirts that you get within a year and then those mm -hmm. shirts go away and then you get the next series for the next year. So if we had like witcher schools for one year where you'd have like a wolf, a bear, a griffin, you know, and go through those series. That'd be cool. That so would be cool. we could do something I'll like that. Right. So I have to come up with designs and most of these I design myself. So I've got to, I've got to come up with stuff that makes sense. And the idea here would be, it would, it would be really cool to let people know this is coming so that they can get in on it right at the beginning. So they can get the whole collection of shirts. Um, and traditionally with the other patron patrons also, um, if you sign up at the tier three, you don't get the t-shirts, but you can get stickers. So if, if you can't afford tier four or you don't want to support a tier four, but you want to support on tier three, then at least you can get sticker versions of these designs. So you can put them, say, like on your laptop or on your car or wherever you want to put your stickers. Right. So I'll be I'll be working on that. I don't think this is something that I'm going to be able to finish up in the next week or two. But hopefully by the end of the year, if I can get that figured out, designed and have ready for you guys, then we'll let you know. So. Got that kind of, you know, spinning in my head. Want to make sure that I've got some stuff that's going to make sense for you guys and will be awesome and will be ready for you and, you know, something that you absolutely want. But when we do roll this out, it's not going to change the prices of the tiers at all. It'll just be extra stuff you get on top for no extra charge. And people who are currently already supporting at those tiers will already be signed up and ready to start getting those as soon as they're ready to go out. So, um, so there you go. All right. Well, let's move on with the rest of the show. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. 
So that little clip there comes from episode two, which we're going to talk about here. So that's a lot of fun. So here we go to episode two for Marks. And this episode is the first time we get to glimpse Yennefer because at the beginning of the episode, we've got these two, these two farm folks kind of flirting, handing each other flowers and stuff, getting kind of smoochy at this uh, barn. And uh, Yennefer happens to be in the barn and they get mad at her and she gets scared. And all of a sudden, poof, she's gone. And she's now somewhere else. She's in yes. the tower. She's in the tower of the goal. Yeah. Uh, and this is where Yennefer meets Istrid. Yeah. This handsome uh, young man is there and very, she's very handsome. Yeah. Uh, this, this young Yennefer with her poor little deformed face and little hunch on her back. Twisted spine. Twisted spine. And you that can, she has. Yeah. And you can tell every, like these children, those children or other teenagers are making fun of her. You can tell that she's just living this terrible life. Doesn't have any friends. And all of a sudden she's in this tower with this, this handsome boy who's very curious about her and was like, how did you get here? Who are you? Are you a virgin? You know, just casual <laughs> questions you ask people when you first meet them, right? You right. know, everyone asks that. Of course. Uh, which she that's, slaps that's what I say when I meet somebody new. Hi, nice think, to meet you. I'm Tom. Are I you a virgin? I think he deserves that slap. I don't think you should just go around asking that question. But uh -huh. yeah, so, right. you know, he's asking this and then he's like, you know, he realizes oh she just did this portal but like she doesn't know anything about magic well she's gonna come looking for you then very ominous she and he he does a little a little magic spell bites a flower says some words and opens up a portal which you can actually see mm -hmm. um and tells her you know my name is istrid and then she just runs through it <laughs> right You're like this is a different kind of portal uh you'll be safe and she's like uh cool okay bye and just like, yeah. who are you? Uh, uh, gone, yeah. right? Yeah. So then we we get to uh, we get to Yennefer's home life. Uh, she's trying to feed some pigs. Mm -hmm. Get some fancy lady who's I, driving up in a wagon. Um, I love the scene where she's like trying to get the door, and she's like, "No, I got it." And then she falls down and then like spills all the slop on her on herself. Like yeah. the actress is so good. Like the the actress who plays Yen is so good in the series. On Shalotra, Shalotra. She's so good because she can. Her range is incredible because she goes all the way from pig girl and just like falling down and like spilling stuff on her body, and you it just looks like the expression on her face when she falls down is just like oh, like she looks like the klutziest like poor pig girl. Like she she is like. You know that feeling when you watch a show and somebody's like in character makeup and you can tell that they're like actually an attractive person who's coordinated and physically fit and they're just playing the part of somebody who's unattractive and out of shape or whatever. You know that feeling? And you're just yeah. like, come on, they're in old people makeup or they're in ugly makeup. Like she plays this part so well. And then when she is like totally like put together, you know, sorceress Yennefer, like powerful sorceress, like wait, wait, beautiful. Tom, Tom, Tom you're getting a little ahead of yourself I, there. I, I know. Think. I know we're not there yet, but, but that's just my, my point for the actress is that like that range between like extremely powerful, beautiful sorceress and pig girl and everything in between. She's like, like she can do all of that. And I think that's just amazing. Yeah. So, uh as i was saying before um yeah some this really fancy dressed lady looks real nice arrives with like a carriage with horses and she's like you know i want to buy a pig 
how much for a pig, yeah. 10 marks, and how much for this beast is the word she used to refer to pig girl Yennefer. Ooh. And her Ooh. dad tries to, he says six, and the lady retaliates with four, and he mm. agrees on four. Immediately. So Fine. we're seeing just how much value her her dad puts in her because yeah. he values pig tent marks so this this animal they're really small by the way you can see them in this they're not big pigs they're tiny pigs yeah. um and yeah. then he puts he puts far not like less than half value and, on, and you can tell he also he also claims that she's not his daughter like yeah she like that's that's her mother but he's like she's not mine Four yeah, marks. But we we don't know at this point, like, you know, that's it, it just seems like he says it in a sense of like, you know, that's just he's so ashamed of right. the daughter he has with twisted spine that he doesn't consider. He's like, I don't want to be the father of this. Right. I'll disown so, her. Um, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. We, that's yeah. the impression we get. And it's really like sad and upsetting. Um, and she Yen tries to stay. And, you know, then we get a flash to her being locked in a room. Um, mm -hmm. and she's banging on the door. She's very upset. She punches a mirror yeah. and, and looks at the pieces and then yeah. proceeds to cut her own wrists. The, the thing I notice here is she looks at the mirror very intently before she punches it. I think this is probably the first time she's ever seen a mirror because she comes from a very poor family. And in these kinds of environments, most people probably never owned a mirror. Mm -hmm. Now, she might have seen her, her reflection in, in that pool of water or something, but I think this is probably the first time she's ever seen a mirror. Mm -hmm. and, and we know that she definitely feels like not wanted at this point. She says, you know, four marks like, yeah, you know, that's how much I I cost. Right. Um, and and she's just very upset. She's very down on herself and she can't see anything like going up for her. So she just she just tries to end it right right so yep then it cuts from this scene uh to siri who's running through the woods mm -hmm. um we see a we get to see kind of like how resourceful she is um in this sense because she yeah. finds a pool of mud and she proceeds to cover her very bright like you know pristine very ashen, blonde hair white hair yeah with mud to disguise herself, yeah. which is like a really smart move in this situation. Um, so she's, she does that. And then she, you can tell she's very cold. She's hungry. Uh, she finds a berry bush. She tries to eat the berries and then she gets spooked by this guy hiding in the bushes telling her, you know, don't eat those right. They're they, poisonous berries. Right. It turns out that he's helping her out. They become friends. They walk together and then you know she Come shares she yeah. shares a, a a glove with him they become buddies they help each other yeah. stay warm and then they come across some a a camp she sees centron flags in the distance and she's like okay we're saved and mm -hmm. she proceeds to run off and then turns around and he's gone yep he's not there anymore yeah. where did he go um, why didn't he go into the camp we don't know but she's now with some people that she thinks are going to be good centrins who will help take care of her yep yep so then we we move from this mm -hmm. uh into uh you know a beautiful voice singing a lovely tune um yes. as we right. meet yes here for the first time uh in this hilarious scene he sings his beautiful song and then gets basically booed off stage 
<laughs> people don't seem to be wanting to listen to that. <laughs> he just tells them off. Uh, and then he sees a, a mysterious individual in the corner who ends up being Geralt. And it seems to take a liking to him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like immediately. Like, you're the only one who didn't give me your uh, impressions of what I was saying. Or wh- like your, wh- what is he says, uh, uh, my your rating of my, my singing or something like that. There's a phrase yeah. similar to that. And, yeah. and so he seems to, he's, he's taking a liking or, or an interest to this aloof man in the corner um, who ends up being a witcher. Uh, and Geralt's just like, you're annoying. Please leave me alone. <laughs> and tries to leave the bar. <laughs> right. To right. which he then gets a job. Uh, one of the locals tells him about a devil who's been harassing them and stealing their food. Right. And Geralt says, he'll take the job and proceeds on. And Yaskier is like, I'm coming with you. Yep. Yeah, I love how bold he is. This is one of the things I love about about Dandelion is is that he's just in some ways he's fearless. He's kind of a, a fearless idiot. Like it's hard to say that he's brave. So much he's as, he's pretty okay. So is he this brave is, or is he just an idiot? So it's kind of the what, show is never going to show you. <laughs> a good impression of what like how his personality is because the thing is is whenever you're reading the books you get that perspective of like them thinking in their mind Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and their actions at the same time dandelion is always thinking about how absolutely stupid it would be to do something that he's gonna do yes how like how terrified he is of doing it and yet he always pulls through anyways right yeah 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 He's resourceful. He's resourceful. He's extremely lucky. And sometimes he's actually very clever in knowing that the thing he's going to do would make like a really great song or turn into a really wonderful story. So like he's he's actually very like he has a good keen business sense. You know, I'm hoping next season we'll get to see more kind of like in-depth look at him because, you know, you really get to see him. The impression you get from the show is that he's just an idiot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and he's, he's not. not. He's, he's really not. not. Right. Right. So but but the fact that like he is he will throw himself into danger feels idiotic. It's like which it probably is it's for like him. He, yeah. It's like he doesn't realize how dangerous it actually is, is the idiotic part about it. Right. Yeah. So, so. that's that's what I, I see in that. But anyway, we move on to we move on to Yennefer back or back to Yennefer. Right. She's getting her first lesson in chaos yeah. and how to manipulate it. This is the so, whole scene where they're supposed to lift the rock and then um, uh, what's her face? Frangilla. Frangilla is the first one to do it, her. but she doesn't realize at that point that she's supposed to draw energy out of the flower. So the energy ends up coming out of her hand, which withers her hand. It's all shriveled up and, and right. yeah, it so. withers her hand and like it takes its toll from her hand. Yeah. Um, and then to Saya, this is the point when she tells everyone, hey, like you're supposed to take the energy from something else and channel it. So she shows, you know, use the flower, the flower withers, and then she lifts the stone. Um, this is also the beginning where we see that Sabrina is like the most naturally gifted sorceress of the entire group because she will always ace everything in mm-hmm. this entire episode. Um, so yeah. um, we get that Yennefer, of course, can't do it. Right. She's she's trying so hard. She even uh, she gives a little bit of, uh, I think, like suspicion to Saya because she takes a bite out of the flower. Yeah. She saw Istrid do it when he did the portal 
And so she's trying yeah. to copy him right. in order to do it. And Tosaya is like, how would you know to do that? Like she's looking at her real suspicious, like, right. Like, why would you think to do that? Right. It's a very specific thing. So she can't do it. Uh, then we move on. Uh, Yennefer has found her way back into the tower of the goal and runs back into Istrid. Um, and, tells him her name and that's about it that you get yeah. from the scene <laughs> we see them starting to bond a little bit like this yeah. part it's just like you know i found you again i'm yennefer by the way and he's like it's fine it's nice to finally meet you yennefer and mm-hmm. then it cuts away to siri in the refugee camp the century right. refugee camp that's what i'm going to refer to it um and she tries to cut in line get some soup uh because she's used to getting her way like, even though oh, yeah. she doesn't feel comfortable, right. it's still the life she knows. Right. So she's used to like, you know, I'm the one that's going to get the suit first. People are like, we don't know you get in line, wait your turn. Right. Um, and she's like, wait a minute. What? Huh? <laughs> like, yeah. Like and she even she like, doesn't understand you know, this that. is provided by the queen and the person's like, you know, screw the queen. May she rot in hell. Yeah. Which is like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. What? Is there Sintrin saying that about our queen? What the hell? Right. Um, and she meets a, a young man and learns about Philavandrel's uprising. Mm-hmm. Um, and like his dude has a necklace with elf ears on it. He, he claims to have killed every single one of them himself. Right. And it's like, okay, that's really not cool. <laughs> yeah. This is her, like, I don't know. I, I don't know the best way to phrase this. This is her like, I don't know, shotgun lesson in the world is dark and dangerous and there's a lot more going on out here than you may have realized. And yeah. people hate each other for all sorts of historical reasons, including mm-hmm. people who come from different backgrounds and different races and things, these kinds of things. Yeah. And, so it, yeah, he, he takes her to meet his family. They're going to help take care of her. Um, and she, you know, meets them. They have a little like, I think he's a a halfling he i think he's a dwarf i think he's a dwarf yeah because the okay. dwarves in this in the series are uh little people i mean they're all cast as little people yeah okay yeah. but it you have some sort of i thought maybe because he doesn't quite have the same kind of appearance as the other dwarves they're a bit more stockier yeah but it might be um yeah but he yeah, they meet and they treat this dude like absolute crap. Yeah, um, and you can see it in his it, eyes. He's just like... Yeah. And she's like trying to figure it out. Like, like you know, okay, this is really weird. Uh, and then this lady also talks about how, you know, the queen, uh, you know, screwed everything up. This is her fault. The whole Nilfgaard thing is her fault. And Ciri's trying to have to come to terms with the fact that like, okay, everyone hates my grandmother for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> They're blaming all of this happening on my grandmother. Right, um, right. And then they go, we go back to Yaskier and Geralt who are walking down the street. We get this quote. <laughs> yeah. The quote know, that the we, quote use on the we show. have. Right. Um, I love it, that this, this uh, situation here is Yaskier coming up on Geralt and saying like, Hey, I can come with you. Right. La, 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 la. And Geralt punches him in the stomach. Yeah, he's like, hey, <laughs> I got to tell you something. What? Pop! Boom! Right in the, right in the, right in the gut! But, uh, and we get here, this is, Yaskir sees what, like, the Witcher, like, what everyone thinks of the Witcher, and he wants to improve his image. Yeah. Like, he's talking about how he wants to make 
people see him better than they do. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. Cause it's like, you know, why would this dude have such an interest in like trying to improve Geralt's image? Like he doesn't know him. He doesn't know anything about him. I, I think, I think what he does, I think Askier actually sees through Geralt's hard exterior a little bit. I think that's part of what's going on here is that he's actually seeing through him. Like he yeah. sees that he's just kind of, He's really good with people. That's his job. He is. He is. I think he's just, he sees that he's kind of putting, pushing people away, but that he's not actually a bad guy. So they finally wander into this field um, and they get some metal balls whisked at their foreheads. Yaskier is trying to be all poetic and gets knocked out by one of these metal balls. And then Geralt gets charged by this goat man. Like it's a dude, he's got horns, he charges him, they get into a fight, um, mm-hmm. calling each other ugly and stuff, really right. childish. Right. I and love I love the, the banter back and forth. It's really great. Right. Uh and and you know, it's so funny. But he tells him, he's like, I'm not I'm 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 a Sylvan. Uh and then he's like basically Geralt's like, you know, you're intelligent. I don't want to kill you, but you can't stay here. Right. And the Sylvan go, says, you can't either. And then Geralt like turns <laughs> around and gets completely uh, like ambushed right. and, and gets in, hit in the face and gets knocked out. Um, which then we go back to Yennefer getting another lesson in thought transference, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically telepathy. Um, so they're trying, they're, they're all sitting, staring at their partners uh, and trying to read each other's thoughts. And you can tell that Yennefer is having a hard time um, with her partner, Annika, who I, it doesn't show this. It's, it, it's been weeks. They they later on they verify this has been weeks since like the first lesson, uh, and it seems like Annika is trying to like root for her. She's trying to give her like encouragement and support. Like you can do this. I believe in you. Um, which you know Yennefer's never gotten that before, so it's kind of touching. Yeah. Um, but Yennefer gets so frustrated she can't do it, and she finally lies about it. Right. Like it, it shows a passage of time because it's daytime when they start. It's very much nighttime of whenever they finally get to it. She finally gets fed up and she says, Annika is afraid of snakes. That's her biggest fear. Um, and Tessia is like, yeah, you're full of shit. Yeah, you did not you lie to that me. up at all. Right. Do not lie to me. Right. And she's not having it. Um, so then we get back to Istrid and Yennefer. Yennefer is kind of feeling down on herself. She can't do anything. She's been here for weeks and has managed to accomplish nothing. Um, and Istrid is trying to comfort her and then helps her by like letting her read him, mm-hmm. like his thoughts. And we see here, he gives, a, she, she finally does it. She, she accomplishes it, reads his thoughts and he gives her very specific items of like moon jellyfish, uh, cicadas in summer, the sound of cicadas and the taste of warm bread. And she's like, these are your favorite things. And he's like, no, these are things that I thought you would like. Right. Right. And, and that's- you start to see that kind of romantic thing kind of blossoming between them. Right. Where it's like- she feels like he's being nice to her. And that's something that she's not used to. And do you think that the reason that things are working for her with him is because she feels comfortable with him? 
and she doesn't feel comfortable with the others because we, we come to learn that so much of what she's capable of has has a lot to do with her emotions. Mm-hmm. It's tied to her feelings. And when she's with the the other girls and, you know, in, in those classroom settings, she's very intimidated. She's very uncomfortable. Yeah, I probably um, it's I think I think had the aspect in this situation where you can like be comfortable in a situation and try to approach things your way mm-hmm. rather than because I'm sure it's terrifying. Tessia is a very like She's disturbing intense. individual. Yeah. Can you imagine having her just standing behind you? Oh yeah. Assessing you at all moments because it's basically what's happening anytime she's having a lesson. Oh, and yeah. like, I personally love Tessia. I think she's great. Um, you know, this <laughs> <Yeah>. episode <laughs> really shows one facet of her, but it doesn't, it's not actually kind of her at all, but it's still like very unnerving to oh, like, yeah. oh, have yeah. her looking at you. And the fact that she's a perfectionist at well, which as well, that doesn't get translated in the show at all. But like in the books, she's very much perfectionist. She's kind of OCD and extremely powerful. Like, yeah, these girls are trying to become, you know, very powerful sorceresses. And this teacher and woman in front of them is powerful beyond anything that they've ever seen or imagined. That's I mean, it's got to be daunting. Yeah. And it's also in this scene with Istrid where we also hear about Banard for the first time, which is where men go to learn the magic. So Artuza's for women, Banard's for men or sorcerers. And, um, so then we get to uh, a little scene where Ciri's lying awake on a cot next to this lady who's taken her in. She can't sleep. The other lady can't sleep. And they talk a little bit. And the lady's asking, you know, where's your parents? And Siri tells my parents have been dead since I was little. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've been raised by my grandmother ever since. And the lady's like, well, where's your grandmother? Also dead. She's kind of coming to the terms with the fact that like, she doesn't really have anyone left now. Yeah. Um, and so it's a little scene there. Yeah. And then we get back to Aratusa and they are trying to catch lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, which is insane. <laughs> right. I love I love the daunting quality of this task. Yeah. So and we see that it is in fact daunting as the first person steps up and just gets completely struck by lightning. Uh I thought she died. Apparently she didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but she still gets like knocked out and is very injured. And then uh Annika steps up catches the lightning and then the bottle explodes in her face as she's looking at it in wonder. So that completely messes her up. And then it's Yennefer's turn and Yennefer tries it instead of catching the lightning in in the bottle. It, she catches the lightning in herself. Yes. The very, very, the graphics very much put a point to the fact that the lightning goes inside her. Right. And she gets knocked against the wall and obviously Tasaya is not impressed. And so she tells Sabrina to step up good old Sabrina again, mm-hmm. uh, to step up, show them how it's done. And Sabrina does it flawlessly because that's just how Sabrina is. Mm-hmm. And Yennefer gets real upset and she channels this lightning out of her towards Tasaya. So she's basically shoots a lightning shoots arc at, at her. Yeah. And Tasaya just immediately grabs it and just thrusts it back in the air. Just super quick, finessed, perfect. And it's like, oh, wait, one, Yennefer did something, though. 
That's right. like the big part right. of the scene. She did. That's magic. You don't just throw lightning around without right. being magic. And I feel like this is this is typical Yennefer. Like she will take the situation and the thing that you expect to happen and do the thing her way. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you catch the lightning in the bottle. No, she's going to catch the lightning in her, in her freaking self and then channel it back out. You know, like <laughs> that's the way Yennefer is going to do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. so th- this happens and then they're leaving. Tasaya has a little talk with Yennefer, basically telling her, you know, you ain't cutting it. Uh, so it's yeah. like, uh, you know, in Yennefer's, obviously she's already struggling enough as is with trying to feel like she's accomplishing something. Mm-hmm. So of course she's feeling real down on herself. She will do anything at this point to try and get a leg up. Uh, and then we leave this, go back to Geralt and Yaskier. We're tied up uh, and getting beaten up by elves. Yeah. Um, and we meet Phil of Andrew for the first time. Yeah. Um, and they have this whole kind of scene of Phil Evangel telling us about the great cleansing, which was an event where thousands of elves were killed and pushed off of their land. Um, and Geralt's telling them, you know, like one, he figures out, Oh, the Sylvan's stealing food to give to the elves so mm-hmm. that they don't starve. And Geralt's telling them like, okay, you can fight back against the humans, but you're not going to succeed you already failed before and now there's far less of you. You're not going to succeed. You're going about this the wrong way, but if you want to expedite your own suicide, go ahead. Right. And so why don't you just go somewhere else? Go, go somewhere else, go claim some other lands, go find somewhere else to live. Yeah. And this is another thing. The episode doesn't do great at showing, which, cause this, uh, in the book, this section is titled Dolblathana, which is a sacred land to the elves, the land of, uh, it's like the land of flowers or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be this beautiful area, like flowers everywhere. It's very sacred to the elves, um, like kind of like their homeland. So they're very protective of it. And they don't really do much of a point to show that in the, the episode, but I just wanted to, you know, get that across there. That's why they care um, about it so much. So, and, and Geralt basically tells them, Hey, they're like, cause they're treating him like he's a human. Like he belongs to the humans. The girl's like, I don't belong to the humans. Mm-hmm. They treat me just as bad, if not worse than you. I am not human. I understand your plight in this situation. Right. Right. And the Sylvan stands up for him and, and says, yeah. he's right. He, he is could different. have killed me, he but could have he wasn't me. going to. Right. He, he is different. He's... He is not human. He is different. Mm-hmm. Right. So and that's a big part of it is like, you know, Geralt, he's not human. And like people assume because he looks like one, but right. humans don't treat him like a human. They treat him like a witcher, right? like a monster. So then we, we come back from that. Um, I think this is the point. Phil Evandrel, they're like, it looks like he's going to kill him. Uh, and then he cuts them, cuts the rope, lets them go. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go back to the tower of the goal, um, where Istrid is telling us about how the elves built Aratuza. Right. Uh, and, uh, whenever the conjunction of the spheres happened, like these things weren't here and everything mm-hmm. came together at the conjunction of the spheres, including magic and elves. And that's when the, the men f- showed up and that's when the monster showed up. Right. And yeah that the elves taught humans how to control chaos uh, and manipulate it. And in return, the humans 
uh, slaughtered them. Right. Slaughtered and pretended the that they, they they had it all along. Mm-hmm. And this was the great cleansing where they mm-hmm. slaughtered a whole bunch of elves uh, and it was terrible. Um, and Yennefer is trying to, you know, figure out how to do this portal thing. Um, and Istrid finally kind of gives into it, teaches her how, uh, you know, we find out that the flower is fainwed, which grows only in places where blood is spilt. The blood um, of elves. Yes. And it's very oof. Um, and Yin gets really emotional here and tells that her father was a half elf and that it's, and that he died in the great cleansing and that his blood is why she has twisted spine. Or at least that's why she believes she has twisted spine. Yeah. Which fair enough. She, yeah, she believes that. Um, and we finally get the, uh, the kiss that has been, waiting to happen here where they kind of you know come together yin finally feels like someone actually like wants her around um and then we cut away to yin in tasaya's office telling her how to make this portal that istrid tell told her about because Mm -hmm. she was spying for tasaya the entire time Mm -hmm. um which is even funnier because then we cut to istrid with stregobor at banard Mm -hmm. Uh, because he was spying for Banard. Right. So it's just right. this crazy thing where they're both spying on each other. So, yeah. you know, Yennefer tells Tosiah how to do the portal. Um, and uh, Istrid tells Stregobor that she was part elf. Um, and then we move away from that to the refugee camp on fire, being under, uh, being attacked by enough guardians. Um, yeah. The, the, lady's trying to flee she gives a bag to the guy the dwarf like, guy the little the dwarf yells guy at him poorly. and then he, yeah, he stabs her it. yeah yeah and she she slaps him across the face he's had enough and he proceeds yeah. to just stab her to death series freaking out yeah and then she gets a, a hole like a long line cut in the tent behind her and starts freaking out because she gets pulled out but it's actually just rat boy mm-hmm. as she referred to him um yeah, her buddy from the woods. Came, he came to get her to save her. They run away, um, and then we come back to uh, Yennefer in a room. She mm-hmm. hears. She was uh, told Tosiah, to wait for the knocks. She was so told to wait for, to wait for the, the knock. Right. And Tosiah, you can hear Tosiah going to different rooms, knocking on the door, and pulling people out. Uh, which is the part where they she says the name of the chick that was struck by lightning that I thought died that wasn't. So that right. confirmed that. Right. Um, and Yennefer, you know, she's upset because she didn't get a knock on her door. So she follows to figure out what's going on. And we see Tosaya turning these girls into eels. Yeah. Um, and it's like, what? And apparently <laughs> this is the actual definition of ascending in Aratuza is that mm-hmm. um, basically if you can't cut it, because these were the weaker people, I feel like in the situation, they weren't right. as good because Fringilla and Sabrina are not part of this group and they were the really most talented ones. Um, you get turned into an eel and cast into this giant pool and become a conduit for Aratuza's magical source. Right. And the sense I got was that they are actually even using you, your body, your magic, your ability to wield magic as uh, as a conduit, but also as a source for magic itself. Yeah. So 
Uh, we learned that, you know, the magic has to come from somewhere. Like you have to draw from a source. Mm-hmm. This is, it's just this giant pool of magic that you can draw from. It makes it easier for them to do their lessons where you like, after you learn how to kind of properly channel from sources, I feel like that comes in the part where it's like, okay, well we have this basically infinite supply of magic here for, for learning and, and experimenting purposes. So that's where you draw your magic from. So you don't have to constantly like worry about, cause there's not a whole lot of life around. It's a very rocky area on the coast of a, you know, rocky shore. So it's not yeah. exactly teeming with grass or trees or anything that you can draw from. <laughs> right. So, right. uh, and then we come back to Yaskier and Geralt on the road. Uh, and Geralt, com- or not Geralt, Yaskier composes um, <laughs> perhaps a tune that you've heard uh-huh. uh, for anyone uh-huh. who's interested in the Witcher. Um, the toss a coin to your Witcher tune. Yep. Um, yep. And he starts doing that. We get a little bit of scene of like Yennefer pushing the eels into the, the pool of energy. Um, Siri drinking from water, then finding out that Rat Boy is actually an elf. And he tells her his name is Dara. Mm-hmm. And then we come back and obviously uh, Yaskier is using a little bit of creative freedom on this tune. And we come back and Geralt's <laughs> asking like, where's your respect for what actually, like, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Where's your respect for them? Yeah. And Yaskier hits us with, I never even thought about this line before. I'm going to be straight honest. I got caught up in the tune every single time. <laughs> Yaskier says, respect doesn't make history. Yeah. Yeah. And that is just a sad reality. But he I is, feel like he is a marketing guy through and through. Oh yeah. But yes. it's like, I thought about it and I was like, that's really like, that doesn't even just hit home for Witcher. That hits mm-hmm. home for like in the world in general. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, yeah, we, you learn, you know, the victors write history. That's, that's a thing that people learn. Yeah. And most of the time the victors don't respect much about the other side no, at all. It's skewed. And it's like the truth is always skewed because the truth doesn't make the story that the victor wants to tell. Yeah. And that's just, this is kind of sad, but that's the end. We, yeah. we go out on a banger with the, uh, with, with Casa coin to your Witcher. And yeah. that's the end of that episode. I love the song, but it also does not ring to me like a song that people in that world would sing. <laughs> it's, it's too modern sounding. It's, I mean, it's upbeat. I think people just yeah. like upbeat back then because he's trying the melody, to sing us. Right. The melody. Yeah. The coin to your Witcher. Do, 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 do. Like that's yeah. such a modern tune. Like it doesn't sound like uh, medi- medievally at all, um, but that's okay. It's okay. I mean, it's a great song, right? Like yeah. I, I can forgive. I can. Oh, Valley of Plenty. Yeah. Like I, I can forgive it. I can forgive it that because it's such a fun song, but uh you know, like every tune in the in the thing doesn't have to be like, like. You know, like. Yeah. That's that's fine. I'm so, totally okay with that. Yeah. That's the that's the end of that. Uh, yeah, man. Episode one and two. Yeah. So okay. So for fun here, okay. from a one to ten, let's rate each of these episodes. Okay. And let's just kind of keep keep it running, and maybe we can even write it in the show notes what we rate each one. So. Episode one, uh, Toasty, what do you rate it? And then what am I going to rate it? So here, here, what do you rate episode one on a scale of one to ten? Actually, let's let's do it this way. I want to know let's yours. Do so I want to use first. How many? We got to come up. How many monsters do you? How many monsters? How many, a little basic. Mm, okay, so we got to come mm. up with a rating scale here. 
Hmm. How many? Hmm. What should we chat? What should we rate these with? How many? How many? Bard loots. <laughs> Bard loots. <laughs> how many Witcher medallions? How many Witcher? That's fine. That works. All right. I how suppose. many Witcher medallions would you give this one out of ten? I want to know your answer. Out of first. ten Witcher medallions, I would give episode one. I think episode one gets like nine medallions. Like, there's really very little in episode one that I have any problems with. I. I I only because we don't get the whole story like it doesn't show as it give us as much in the books I'll I'll probably also give it a nine other than I mean, that I would give it a ten. It's hard to you know it's hard to give it. It, it is hard to but there's some important details I think people like you need to tell that they don't which so but I I really liked it it, it definitely a nine uh, for me almost a ten it's it's really close. <clears throat> Uh, very very good it's it's concise it keeps everything together i'm sorry the dogs are barking again <laughs> this is just the nature badass fight scene you, bad, you get a badass fight scene you get you get a real good glimpse into who these characters are it sets up the world the really well the tragedy of the witcher universe the tragedy too. of the witcher the universe you even get to know who roach is a little bit like you, you get a good sense of a lot of this stuff i don't know why my dog is freaking barking so much um all I'm right sorry. episodes i'm sorry i'm sorry listeners i can't help it um so episode two what would you give episode two do i, do uh, I, I have to go first l- again or I'll, I'll, uh, it's lacking in more details than even one but it's still really good i'll give this one an eight i don't like it as much as I like the first episode but i still think it's really good and yennefer uh yennefer's story i think is a very important thing and you don't get that in the books this is like a whole new thing so yeah i you know what i i love I love the stuff with Yennefer. I like the stuff with Geralt and Dandelion, although it doesn't, it, it, I feel like this is more of a necessary episode to just kind of set future stuff up. And the stuff with um, Siri is just kind of more necessary. It's, it's all just kind of okay, but it's mm-hmm. not, it's not super, I don't know. It, it feels, it, it feels like it's a f- more filler for those two characters than it is some of the other stuff you probably could have gone without much of the serious stuff to be honest like yeah i don't i mean yeah i'm gonna give it a it, seven i a think seven i mean we, we don't really get a great fight scene with Geralt. we don't really get like the action scenes in here are just kind of you know it's missing a few of like the really really good stuff so i'm gonna give it a seven okay okay i can see that i can see that i just think yennefer is such a like integral character here and she is the the origin story and right seeing her go from or the the start of her going from like you know pig girl to you know stronger more confident right i just wish we had more of that and less of some of this other stuff like i would have moved i would like the same way we didn't get any yen in the first episode i would have been happy without any siri in this episode Yep. Fair I enough. think we could have Fair moved series stuff to another episode. I honestly couldn't remember any of whenever I was going into it. I remembered all the Unifer stuff, couldn't remember any of the other stuff. Right. So when Geralt yeah. showed up on screen, I was like, oh, yeah, this is part of this episode, too. I completely forgot about it. So I understand that one. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I feel about this one is that if, if you had moved some of the series stuff out and just kept it like Geralt and um, Yennefer, then it would have been better. So, yeah. So, 
Well, next week, uh, we will be getting into episode three, maybe four, but episode three is a pretty hefty one, I think. Um, so it might just be good to just do one and okay. mesh some other episodes together. Yeah, we're going to have so. to split another one of these shows into two episodes at some point. So we'll figure it out. But uh, Tosi, you got any uh, any else? anything else going on that you want to share before we head out? Same old, same old, uh, Twitter, Witcher lore cast. Um, uh, go, go listen to avatar legends journey of the elements, uh, where I'm playing a firebender, uh, with the fumbling four gang. Um, and, uh, if you're interested in cyberpunk stuff, mm-hmm. they're doing a new Patreon exclusive, uh, thing where we are doing it is it is basically we're in 2045 testing 2077 <laughs> like we are video game testers we're testing out 2077 uh and dealing with all the glitches that the people who were playing 2077 at the start had to deal with oh that's funny so we have a long list of like a hundred different glitches that could happen you roll percentile every time you do something and some kind of glitch happens and it is probably the most fun I've ever had playing a game in my life. It was so hilarious. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it was that's, so good. That's a fun idea. Oh yeah. That's awesome. So where can they, where can they hear that? That one's a Patreon exclusive. So ah. you'd have to go support them, but you know, if you really like me, <laughs> maybe you'd want to do that. All right. Well, go, you can go check that out if you want. And you guys know where my stuff is. All the shows are at robotsradio.net. And I am streaming on in the mornings over at robot on the robots radio YouTube page. And I will be playing uh, this week. I think I'm going to jump into the Forza Horizon five release comes out tomorrow morning and I'm going to be doing that. But I will be getting back into Skyrim for the anniversary edition. And my uh, community over there is going to be helping craft my character and we'll be playing with some of the new content for Skyrim, jumping back into that game. What new content is there? There's there's some new stuff. Know. Yeah, yeah, there's some new stuff okay. for uh, the creative something, whatever the whatever the stuff is that they have in there that you know, some new mods and things. And creation club? Creation club, yeah, that some thing? new creation oh, club okay. stuff. You have to pay money for that though. So <laughs> there's some of the stuff so there's like four or five new things that come with anniversary edition. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's cool. And they just come with a new edition. So there's some of that stuff, and then of course there's mods and things. I'm gonna be testing some of the mods, seeing how they work with anniversary edition, some of the new stuff that's coming out for that. So It'll be We're fun. also possibly in the talks of the return of the No Pants Pirates. I don't know. Look Dude, out for that. we played today. I I was at the movies watching Eternals. Whenever I <laughs> see, I got out of the movie, I saw that it uh, was an hour and a half later, and I was yeah. like, "Yeah, I don't think I'm going to make that one." Yeah, we played <laughs> so. today. We almost got we almost got to the island where we found where all the treasure was. We got to the island where we found where all the treasure was. Almost found the the tre- treasure trove. And then some other pirates rolled up on us and blew up our ship. And then we tried to save our ship and then we got killed. And then we ran, oh. out, we ran out of time. Darn. So, Darn. yeah, yeah, it kind of went south at that point. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> chat's asking questions. Uh, where's, yeah, where's my Santa, my sexy Santa suit? Um, yeah, that's going to be in the morning streams. But uh, th- there's going to be some requirements to get me to wear that on some future streams. So you're going to have to tune in to find out what the requirements are for that so um yeah that's what i got going on but of course there's all the other all the other lore casts and podcasts on the network so you guys can tune into all that stuff 
Um, but that's what we got going on. Thank you for being here, everybody. Stay safe out there in the world of The Witcher because on the path. Uh, well, yeah, that's, that's what you saying. say. That's what you say. That's your part. That's your part. You could say it too. You it say doesn't it. matter. You say that part. I saw. I okay. talk about other weird stuff. Okay, like, go be ahead. Up, be safe. Be safe out there because there's monsters and lurking. Don't fall into the eel pool at Aratuza. Don't fall okay. into the eel pool. Would not pool. be good for you. Yeah, and don't mess with people at the bar who are grumpy at you because you're a Witcher. Because you're yep. just gonna have to murder them, and then everyone's just gonna get even grumpier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no that's good. True. That's no good for anybody. So, all right, guys, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. See you later. Stay safe on the path. See, I told you that was your line. Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Cash that lightning. Yes, yeah, that was a good one too. Gosh, we're it's this is oh man. We need to find the two least involved episodes and put those ones together. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> two origin episodes. It's like, well, yeah. we can try, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we jump we jumped through it pretty good. I mean, we, we hit like almost an hour and a half. It's okay. It was all right. Just, it's just it's just slowly getting longer at this point. Yeah, yeah. Try not to let that happen, but you know, it, I, I don't know. It's tough. I don't know. How was, how was, how was, I didn't catch the, I haven't listened to the mass effect. Oh, dude, yet. It was good. How was, how was it yesterday? It. Everybody loved it. Got some. Did you some hear the great... clip? Did you hear the sound clip? Yeah, I heard the sound clip. Okay. I was there for that, but I was, I was playing some cyberpunk red. So I was kind of like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was, I was focused. Everywhere. I managed to get into the cyberpunk episode. Like I started at the beginning just to like say hi and then, like, I hopped in at a random point right when you were telling Logan my message. I, like, I oh, unmuted wow. just for that part. You said that. And I was like, oh. hey. And I said, and he was like, is they really antagonistic? And I said, a thousand that's, that's, percent. Yeah, and I noticed. I muted again. Right. I noticed you were there <laughs> like, for that moment. But no, no, I didn't realize I, that I was just like. perfectly right. that time. I was so surprised. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, that's awesome. That's so definitely funny. Definitely not three or four what? Wait, what? I, I don't know what Ben's talking about. What are you talking about, Ben? What are you talking about, Ben? Mm, ben what, what you saying, Ben? Samaria? What you doing, Ben? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what do you think about Eternals? Definitely not three or four. That's what he said. Okay. Yeah, we can't pair three or four. That That's fair. Yeah, I mm. think three is the stereo episode, right? So it's kind of like, yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, might have to do so, something like the middle ones, like five and six. I I watched Eternals, and I'm tr- still trying to figure out why it's gotten so much hate. I like. I don't it. understand it. I, liked I think it. it's really good. I get that I, it's not a traditional film of um, the directors; that it's a little bit different than what she traditionally does. But I was wondering if maybe like is it not actiony enough for people? Because like I mean I get that, but was, I think like I don't mind seeing a film that's not as actiony whenever we get so much like different facets of things. I like that it was different character. It was yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't a typical Marvel movie. We got like some really cool world history stuff. We got some really cool locations, lots of different cultures. We each, got each character had a different thing about them that was yeah. like a very like 
I think a like different, like big kind of thing, like, you know, losing your identity as a person or, you know, following through even whenever it's wrong, stuff like that. Different kind of relationships, different cultures. There was a lot of different, um, I mean, I thought, I thought the, the different settings and like locations were beautiful and i love the representation too like i mean we've got all kinds of different cultures different sexualities uh yeah asl like yeah i I don't know much about that i saw your post about the dandelion pronunciation i'm not you have any thoughts about that toasty i don't i don't really know so in the games they call him dandelion in Mm -hmm. in the books um whenever because i listen to audiobooks as well i know with um the the person reading the book says dandelion that's how he pronounces dandelion's name is dandelion so it's a different pronunciation um and then of course uh in the show he's yaskier which is actually the uh like i think that's the polish name which i think actually translates to buttercup not dandelion but Ah. you know people did i I don't think it uh i don't think people wanted to call him buttercup i guess that just didn't seem thanks for the host as cool enough i guess i'm not entirely sure yeah buttercup wouldn't be as interesting of a name yeah but yeah so i but yeah i don't know i think it's just you know because if you look at it 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 reads dandelion like the name is spelled dandelion Mm -hmm. but i think they were they had a bit of an accent in the audiobook so they pronounced it differently i don't think they were i don't think they were an american uh audiobook reader i think they were from uh, the uk or something so a bit of a different the narrator switches um, pronunciation on the whim yeah maybe they're just they just weren't being consistent with it yeah in the audiobooks is weird because i think later on there are points where he calls him dandelion afterwards and it's the same guy and i'm like okay maybe somebody corrected the, him and then he just didn't probably. remember it every time or something yeah i think so so that's i mean i didn't mind i liked the i liked the reader for the audiobooks i thought it was that was great so but you know it's just weird i understand yeah all right guys well thanks for hanging out i'm gonna get going i'm gonna head out i gotta um, go to bed because yeah. i gotta work in the morning i think my wife got home i think that's why the dogs are barking because she had kind of a late work thing i'm gonna go check in with her and then ed th- cannon is it Geralt think. poking fun at him calling him a dandy Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's what it is. I don't think so don't because think <laughs> there's a lot more conflict between Geralt and Dandelion in the show than there is in the books. <laughs> like they don't actually fight at any point other than like having like arguments about stuff, but Dandelion's so like he brushes shit off so easily he doesn't care. Yeah, he like, just Geralt will tell him something and Dandelion's like, I'm sure you didn't just say that to me. Anyways. Right, right. Yeah, he just <laughs> ignores it. He's just like, whatever. La 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 la. Yeah. 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 So it's it's funny. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I don't think so. I don't think that's that's the case there. Yeah. So uh I might be mm-hmm. back to stream games with Sam. Maybe he seems to want to play hunt, but I gotta check in with my wife because she just got home. So um so we'll see. And I gotta go to bed. So all right, have a good night. Bye. Bye Au everybody. Revoir. See y'all later. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out. Bye, buddy. <laughs>